the most no, real fireplace that no, Indian Ladder Farms has ever had. All the way up. Well, there we go. All right, Milos, you're in big trouble now, buddy. So. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on you. Uh, we are here for, hey, hey, episode 10 of Agricultural Axe is underway. Oh, hi. Uh-huh. Hi, Jeff. Uh-huh. How you all doing? This is our uh, host, Jeff. If yeah, you, if yeah you he didn't see you there. I am the host, <laughs> Jeff. You, you can't see me. I'm here. That's Dieter. We got Scott. We got Alex. We got our special guest, Kevin Mullen from Rareform, and our executive producer, if he makes it through the episode without being burnt, uh, Milos over here. We ended episode hey. number 10 by doing, uh, saying we were going to take a, a break for some dinner and we enjoyed fine Pakistani food. I think we can give this place a plug now, right? That that was totally. solid food. I would say yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have uh, more than Subway as an option in Altamont, that's something to be excited about. Do we know the name of the Pakistani restaurant? Yeah, Dieter, just, let's hear it. That we just uh, ate from? It's what? It's curry pata. Cur- curry pata. Mm-hmm. Yeah, curry pata. Okay, great. Yeah. It's located at 187 Main Street in Altamont, New York. Now, I have no fucking idea what I ate, but it was good. <laughs> that was the name Whoa, of it. <laughs> was that? Oh, yeah. Well, this is, this is, I'm loosening up. It's not the radio. It's the podcast. I don't know. We just ate what was left over. No, it is, it is curry. We did. Pata. We did get the end of it. <laughs> it I know. Was I had tomato. I've been there. Good, good tomato. A new restaurant here a in new, the greater Altamont yeah, metropolitan we actually, area. We, have, so we uh, are the new Troy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got Pakistani food. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rare Form Brewing Company located there on Congress Street. What was it? 90. 90 Congress Street. 90 Congress Street. Memory. I don't remember how many gallons are in a barrel, but I remember the address for a fine brewery in Troy. I think it's 90. Uh, I do. Yeah. What's your favorite food in Troy? Uh, You know what? There's a place that I love. It's called uh, Bespoke. They're like the, they're a block away from us, but they have the best. I would, I, I mean, well, one, the bespoke bowls are amazing, but they have the best chicken fried sandwich. I is would it, put it up against any chicken fried sandwich in the entire capital region. Is it like yeah. poke or is it, what is it? Those are what some bold words. It's poke, but oh, yeah, okay, but cool. that chicken sandwich, the fried chicken sandwich they do with a little maple honey on it. Um, is it like the top, it is, is it like katsu chicken or is it? No, it's just, it's, it's straight up just fried, perfectly crispy. It is fantastic. Nice. I would... It is, and I, you can ask anybody that uh, works at Rare Form, I'm like, this is the best fried chicken sandwich in the capital region. All right. Well, when we do, when we do yeah, our next collaboration there. I'll drive you there. What an incredible explosion for the chicken sandwich uh, over it's, the course of the last good. 12 to 18 months. Right? Holy chicken sandwich. I mean, my God. Yeah, if no, you don't... Indian Lighter's getting on the chicken sandwich pretty soon. Oh, they're already lining up. Yeah, chicken yeah. sandwich cider. <laughs> chicken, I got a chicken yeah. sandwich yeah. cider. Chicken cider coming out soon. Yes. Yeah. That Chick- is chicken sour coming up. A great yeah. idea. Oh, yeah. All right. Love it. You're kidding Pickles. about this, or are you serious? I don't know. If it's got chicken in it, it's good. Okay. <laughs> uh, Agricultural Acts, episode number 10. Let's get back into uh, kind of where we left off with episode number nine. Um, we were we were talking dinner. about the collaboration oh, that no, that that Indian Ladder Farms uh, yeah. and Rare Form did. Um, uh, well, <laughs> are you working on another collaboration? <laughs> right, because that wasn't the only one that was done. Hey, how did you guys meet? Oh, that's a nice story. I bet. Well, I, I met I met Kevin on uh, Tinder. 
His wife, his wife didn't know about this. <laughs> oh, it was Grinder. Yeah. yeah, it was Grinder. Looking for a man to collaborate with. <laughs> I don't know. Kevin started a brewery in Troy, and and uh, the princess was living in Troy. Oh no, this was before I met the princess. Yeah. I, know, I brought my parents to your place. That's right. You got how you've involved your parents? Oh yeah, I brought yeah, my. Yeah, yeah, came. They had to drive me to my grinder date. Yeah. He had to meet your mom <laughs> on your first grinder yeah, date. Yeah, Steve and Ann had to drive me to my first grinder date. Wow. So, good good yeah. people. Yeah. No, no, was, uh, they yeah. care. They, they care really about care. their so son. Was, they want to make sure. Uh, that was, yeah, that was right when you guys first opened up and uh, you had Jamie. Jamie was still brewing with you. Yeah, we opened up. Yeah, we opened up for, and then there was a six months. Uh, it was just me, and then six months later, we hired Jamie. And then, but I, I remember the first time I met you, which I think it was prior to actually that, which I told you before the story. Um, I was at uh, going into. Uh, uh, I was there at Oma Gang when it was his first day as working as a, a, as a tour guide. Tour guide. And that, that only lasted for about a week. Wait, yeah. so before before, as, before you were, as a brewer. Okay, you were giving tours of the brewery. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. It, was, it was basically to get my foot in the door. Right. So and that's, that's, I, I literally just left brewing school. Um, I looked all up and down the, the East Coast for jobs, and no one would hire me because I had new experience. So. Which is such a sticky wicket, yeah, right? So stupid, like, you can't right? get experience yeah, without yeah. experience, but how are you going to get it's, it when you can't get it's it? Then, tough. Then, the owners, <laughs> then the owners discovered what he was doing on the tours and said, You've got to be a brewer. My God, you got to stop yeah. saying that stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. this guy behind the scenes. It was hilarious because all the, uh, the guys on the floor would hear me and, like, Holy crap, this dude knows more than I do. Like, what, why is he doing tours? Yeah. Where'd you get well, your I knowledge mean, you, well, on Well, you the stood out to me on that, because it was like, it was, it was my first day like going to Gang, and you were there, and you're like, oh, this is my first day as a tour, and you were talking about stuff, and I'm like, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> it was the longest tour in the world, too. <laughs> it was literally a three-hour tour. It was, those were long wow. tours. And uh, so then so I was like, that's... Right? Uh, if you're on that tour, you're like, can we just get some beer? I don't know. Please. I know. Look, look at Kevin now. He, ha- he now owns a brewery in Troy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was the professor on the tour. No, I was... Uh... <laughs> Not Marianne. Uh, I, I don't know. I look pretty hot. What? I look pretty hot. <laughs> Would you rather <laughs> Mrs. Howell or the professor... No, let's let's play uh, Mary, <laughs> bang, kill, with the with the uh, with the players on that TV show Gilligan's Island. All right, so I'm gonna give you three Alex, three characters from that show, and you got to tell me if you which one you would marry, which one you would bang, and which one you would murder. Okay, all right, yes. all right. The Professor, Gilligan, and Mister Howell. I would marry Gilligan because that's my last name, and I am Gilligan. I would bang. He's in love with He's himself. Buddy. Uh, yeah. What's your name? The professor. No. Mr. Howe. No. You like... were given the three options: Gilligan, Gilligan, the professor. He's never seen Gilligan. Mr. Howe. Is that is that true? He's never seen Gilligan's Island. I am not. So I'd marry I'd marry the professor because money uh i would bang gilligan because that's my last name and i'd kill the other guy 
Thanks. <laughs> this is a, this is a See, twisted we're, we're relationship. We're starting to get into a situation that I discovered a few years ago is that we are old and there are certain people of certain generations that don't know what the fuck Gilligan's Island wow. is. One of them was my son and we, the, the bride and I were pretty high one night and we decided that we'd make the boy watch Gilligan's Island exactly. because and we did. Nice. And he looked at us like we were insane which we were. And he said why would anybody watch this? And we had to explain that back in the day there were only three channels, and that was the best thing that was yeah. <laughs> yeah. disappointed that it doesn't stand Zero up. I would have thought it did. So I got I got Gilligan's Island out. I watched Nick at night. I was still I was still you know I'm so old enough for Nick at night, but you watch Gilligan's Island and you don't He's retain going way any back. character yeah, names. Like, you get stoned and you watch Nick at night and you don't retain anything. Yeah. So, the professor right. and Mary. Oh, <laughs> but so, you know, we'll just drop that game then. Yeah. We'll, we'll drop that little game right there. That was fun, though. For you. I don't know. Alex, you said you wanted games. Scott brought up Gilligan's Island because you, you were given a three-hour tour out at Oma Gang. Yeah. Three-hour tour. Yeah. Welcome to it, my friend. Um, okay, so that's how you met Kevin and Scott. You met at Oma Gang, and then where was that story going? Well, I mean, after that, it was just straight up brewery. brewery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. You started working at Oma Gang, Gang, and you started the brewery. Yeah, yeah. And then Scott, you uh, five years here at Indian Ladder Farms. Now it's coming up on no. No. The brewery itself is coming up on five years. We're coming up on five years. Okay. As 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 a company, I've I've only been here for just a little over three years. Mm, well, that sucks. Not, but I, honestly, honestly, I, I have been here since since day one. I remember yeah, when we the, couldn't get rid of him. Haunt yeah, the place. Well, yeah, is he just yeah, giving my, tours yeah, to random people? Parents, yeah. hanging around. Oh, my car, my car. I believe not keep going to Knox. Immediately, it's like, oh, oh, I see Dieter and Lisa out there. I have to turn in to the parking lot. And then I still had my 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 cool little Scion, mm-hmm. and uh, cool. I, I, yeah, it was a cool Enjoy. car, right? And uh, I showered them with rocks one day. It was awesome. Remember that, Lisa? Sure. Uh, I showered you the rocks. You, you peeled <laughs> yeah. out in your Scion. Oh show? yeah, came in with a four four Good wheel I... peel, and of course, uh, when something like that happens, who shows up around the corner? Dieter. Old man Pete. Oh Pete. Pete <laughs> comes in. Father in law. You do something stupid like that, oh yeah, he shows up, he's like, oh, what happened here? I was like, I don't know, some fat guy came in here and did this. They, they've got a way about them, those, yep. those old gentlemen, don't they? But, uh, yeah, but I, I would come in here and I would, uh, I would help out with any way possible. I taught Dieter how to use a Zom. Which is a carbonation tool. Okay. First he didn't time. like the way yeah, I was shaking Nagel. it. Okay. Wait, tell your story about Nagel. Proper brewer what? shake. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Zom. Brewer shake? Everybody knows the Zom and Nagel, but... No, Where no, no, Nagel? nobody knows what you're talking about. Zom and... Well, uh, 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 it, this uh, is radio. Nobody can see the Zom? We can paint the, the picture. Nagel. It looks like a Alex, Swedish made Alex, piece Alex, Alex, pump. <laughs> okay. Yeah, have you ever seen... Uh, As opposed to... Have you ever seen Austin Powers? Sure. Yeah. I swear it's it, not mine. It I swear like it's not mine. Right. Right. Okay. And you basically you run your beverage through it, and it's got a pressure gauge and a temperature gauge, 
and you uh, you measure the amount of, of volumes of CO2 that are in your beverage. So it's to check the carbonation of, of what's in your beverage. Okay. And you can tell the difference between a brewery that cares about their product and doesn't is if they have one. Okay. That, that makes <laughs> or, sense. Or if they have a gehaltometer. German made. German made. Uh -huh. No shaking involved. Wow. You can't hook it up to your you can't hook it up to your Zwickle. You see these guys when they're shaking the zone. Yeah. It's hilarious. The brewer shake. That's, yeah, that's, the brewer that's, shake. The brewer yeah. shake. Um, so I have a video. I'm curious now. What what is a good? I don't think I've ever had an over carbonated beer. Sure you have. I have. Yeah, you have. I have. You have. Uh, no, I have not had a brute IPA. Yeah, but you've definitely had an overcarbonated beer oh, at yes. some point. Entirely. And yes. so it was mistakenly, it was an accident. Well, it's a, it's that something it was that's out of code. So oh, yeah. it's like, but yeah. if you look at the bottoms of cans, they have date codes and when it was packaged. Uh huh. And you open it up, it's like, whoa, whoa, it's just, it's still foaming in it, but you'll pour it into a glass. Yeah. And it'll still be very lively. So that's most of the time, if okay. you don't have a zom, you're undercarbonated. And this whole because, time, I've been blaming myself. Because people always try to pretend they know by tasting it. And that no worky. I, 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 I still live over. by <laughs> the uh, over the Zom, uh, I would go with Gehaltometer. <laughs> so it, it's, another, it's another apparatus that you hook up to your tank instead of hooking up to your, your Zwickle. Which is your sample port, or also known, or also known as a sample cock. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good laugh. So you hook it. So, yeah. How do you think I got my wife? So you you would hook up this gehaltometer to to the tank. You run. It sounds so made up. Yeah. This is awesome. It, if it sounds made up, just just buy one for me. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. Half, yeah. Halfman BV makes a really nice one that gets a. It's not uh, that. It's, it's not it's that expensive. <laughs> but if you get the one with the orbisphere. Yeah, yeah. So Zom and Nagel, that's that's the the traditional apparatus you use. Right. And so it's it's, it's basically two so it's old like, German names, and everybody goes, oh well, Zom gets all the credit and Nagel doesn't get anything. Uh. But. Dieter, Dieter enlightened me that he goes, oh, well, Nagel got out the game like two years after they made the company. Yeah, like 1902. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's when they still had the bottle pierce. But, but they still they're keep also, the name. Yeah, but they're also, made, they're also made in New York now. Yeah. In Holland, New York. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, the and Nagel, that's like the, the classic brewery uh, apparatus to check your carbonation. And it's called a and Nagel, but Nagel is... Long so long. Do different styles of beers uh, have different carbonation levels? Yes, so they sure do. Yep. tell us what some higher carbonation so like, level uh, beers like, are. Uh, Belgian beers like Saison or something like okay. that that's, uh, that this has a higher sense. carbonation level. Yeah. Um, let's see what else is there. Uh, Kolsch beer. Kolsch mm -hmm. will have higher carbonation level. I'd like to go pretty pretty light on my Pilsners, but typically Pilsner, like uh, like seven. Czech Pilsners, are, yeah, like they're pretty high. Yeah. Um, think, think about it like when, when you're, uh, if you're drinking a seltzer, you know, like one, one, one day to uh, think about it, engage about it, is if you're drinking a seltzer beer and you get that sharpness across the tongue that like bites at you, that's a higher carbonation. That's like 3%, you know, or three. So, um, with some of those loggers, you'll get some of that, but you want that at like a two seven, two six, you know, uh, 
most beers are roughly around 25, 255. Um, uh, depends on the style though. Like if you're looking at like a, a very like thick, uh, vis- viscous stout, you're looking at like maybe something that's more like 2.2 or 2.1, you know? So it just varies. And it helps, I mean, it really helps decide on like how the person themselves tastes that beer. So, um, because that comes across the tongue and it comes across the tongue, you have that CO2. Like if you drink a Coca-Cola or you like suck that down, right? You take one big gulp and just like, it just spreads across your entire mouth yeah. with those bubbles and like is a sharp, 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 like CO2, like pungentness on it. Well, then you don't taste anything, you know? So it's about how the beer re- interacts with that as well. It's super important. And weren't uh, the porns are here, don't they, and maybe a lot of people do this, totally non-carbonated beers. Still Those beers. Yeah, still yep. beers. Still beers. Yep. I love still beers. Well, they, yeah. do, they do beers that are uh, bottle conditioned. So they're, they're actually carbonated within the bottle using just sugar and yeast. And so that's all done within the bottle, and that's all contained within the bottle. There's a separate fermentation and a second fermentation that goes on within the bottle. That creates its under pressure. It creates its own its own carbonation, and so whatever you get, that's what you get. And so it's usually it's probably on a higher carbonation level because yeah, it's hard, bottle, it's hard bottle to conditioned beers can go from anywhere from uh, yeah. like six uh, six grams per liter all the way up to yeah. eight and a half grams per liter. Yeah, yeah super. There's a the metric system. It's nice. Also, Thanks. Also, adding more carbonation, more CO two to an alcoholic beverage. Also, uh, you know, translates into how quickly the alcohol gets into your bloodstream. And so the higher amount of CO2 in the beverage, the higher carbonation, the faster that you will be become, you know, inebriated from that, that alcoholic. You, you won't know, become trans- more inebriated. It'll just happen faster. Yes, correct. Right so, on. but it happens faster. So it feels more intense. So that's something to kind of, you know, you, you keep in mind, but it's really, it's not a big deal. It's more just like you, you the, the, it's up to the bartender to kind of talk to the patron, like, hey, you know, this is a higher, higher coordination, so you guys could What's that, you know, don't more drive. comfortable. Don't try. Yes, don't, don't drive. Don't so drive. like uh, when, when I did an uh, um, uh, internship over in, at Duval in, in Belgium, uh, we did, uh, let's see, the, the finished product was, it was 5.4 grams per liter in the bright tank. And with math done, it's like we added this amount of sugar, this amount of yeast, highly viable yeast. So like you had that secondary fermentation, but we'd also add like, uh, we would do inline dosing of liquid nitrogen, um, which was kind of cool to see because when you have like a glass of Duval, it's just like, it's very effervescent, but that head does not dissipate. It just, it stays there. So then we were always shooting for about like eight, uh, like anywhere from like 7.6 to eight grams per liter of, of carbonation. And of course with that nitrogen, it kind of helped out a little bit to keep it a little bit tighter, which was very cool. Tight. We've got Kevin from Rare Form Brewing Company in Troy, New York, Dieter, Scott, Alex, executive producer Milos from Indian Ladder Farms. You're listening to Agricultural Acts, uh, our podcast here. We appreciate you tuning in. I want to uh, talk about 
a few of the challenges as it, we're, we're nearly out of the pandemic at this point here, it seems. Uh, everything's going in the right way. But challenges, so, so me, the layperson, I read that alcohol consumption has skyrocketed uh, during the course of the last year, 18 months or so. But I was also reading that that's for like major producers, like your Anheuser Bushes and things like that. Uh, have you at Indian Ladder Farms or Kevin, you at Rare Form? What what has uh, the pandemic done to your consumption numbers? Uh, actually, when we're able to be open, our numbers are up because we're fortunate in that we have large outside area, so we're able to accommodate uh, people. Um, that you know other places can't so we're, we're doing okay uh through this you know if you have a small place and you have to you know have two tables outside you're you know i i feel for you yeah uh, and if um, you don't have a major way to distribute your product and you're just counting on people coming through the door right and we were fortunate just before this happened we we installed a canning line so we were able to even when we were completely shut down we were able to do curbside and you know i know that kevin's been able to you know, survive by, you know, opening up uh, an outdoor space too. Yeah. And uh, that, that beautiful, luxurious van of yours probably making lots of deliveries. Yeah, white lightning. <laughs> white lightning. White lightning. <laughs> by the way, if you, if you have YouTube, uh, is it YouTube that you guys had that on? Yeah. The, the delivery, the delivery video? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> that, was, that was a fun little video to do. Yeah, I mean, for us, it was like, you know, uh, the outdoor space was key to it all and now we're just weather dependent because i mean our tap room is we can do four tables in there on a on a bad day but outside we can do you know 20 you know whatever so that's been the big key for us is just we're so weather dependent and uh delivery dependent so white lightning getting out on the road and uh us doing whatever we can do to push outside seating is what's uh, made us survive through the time. It's gotta be very tough to predict, especially with the, as roller coaster as it's been, uh, how much do you wanna brew? How much, uh, you know, are you gonna have to pour some of this down the drain or or what? Was there, is there a particular beer that you maybe were more apt to, to brew during this time that might have a longer shelf life or were those things you were considering? I, oh, I can say for us, like, um, we, we definitely had to take that into, into effect, you know, but we also started pushing more into chain markets, like grocery stores and stuff. So it gave us another market, but we weren't focused on those prior. So it was a good, a good move for us to start pushing towards those. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, our main thing was how can we brew beer that we're not gonna be wasting, you know? Um, and that is an ongoing struggle at times. Yeah, cheers yeah. on the Wegmans thing, man. Yeah, that's Oh, awesome. you and Weggies. That's huge. If only we had some in this area, but I that's know. great for everybody else I that's know. got Wegmans. That. Yeah, that's Thank awesome. You. We're very happy about so, that and what, also very lucky. So to there were some too. interesting numbers the other day for the Brewers Association because, you know, we're wondering, like, so... How many like Kevin's killing in Wegmans? Uh, that wasn't in the Brewers Association. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. not how they put it. But um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, it was more. I was. I, I've been curious. It's like, well, you know, during this, how many breweries are going to close and how many are going to open, right? You know, because it's a. 
everybody's like, well, these small breweries aren't going to make it and this and that. And, and, and the country was like 364 breweries closed, um, but 700 opened during the pandemic. That is mind-blowing. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel horrible for those 364 or whatever, but... Well, there's uh, always going to, I mean, out of any kind right, of right. business, there's yeah. always going to be, you know, some attrition, you know, people are not going to make it for whatever reason, you know. Um, but the, the fact that 700 opened, you know, they probably had to, you know, reconsider their model and so on, opening during a pandemic, but, you know... God bless them. That's being, just crazy. Being small businesses, the other thing, that the advantage that we have is we're, we can be nimble. Right, you know, it's all about the, pivot. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there isn't a, there isn't like a week that goes by that you know we're sitting around going, you know, uh, we were going to do this, but uh, now we're redirecting that funding to do yeah. this. <laughs> when now, if you go into like Westmere or something, they've got a well-trained staff that can lead you to the exact product that you're looking for. Uh, Wegmans has just as large of a selection of beers, nearly. They hit a ping pong ball. But, like, that's over there somewhere. Yeah, Go I mean, you're not going to find a, a qualified staff to help you find. Uh, so I wonder often, is it just, uh, you know, luck of the draw as to where your product gets placed in the coolers or on the it, shelves? It, it is very much based on uh, distrib distribution and who your distributor is. So, like, I mean, we'll find in areas that... Uh, not only we'll have the, we have obviously have the same dis distribution uh, company, but if if they're in, we'll be on the top shelf at one place, and we'll be at the bottom shelf at another place, depending on who their the rep is in that area. So then we have to um, talk to that that rep and be like, hey, why are we on the bottom shelf? We need to move ourselves up to the top shelf of that, you know? And I think maybe in the meantime, what we can recommend is everyone that's listening to Agricultural Acts, if you yeah. see a lesser product on the top shelf, you take that off, put it on the bottom, and totally. put rare form yeah, yeah, up top. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, I feel like this, uh, this, this will actually be a good time for Meatloaf to, to pop in, <laughs> seeing how he is our uh, sales dude. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Sales are up, up, up. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Number one and moving higher. Through the roof, yeah. baby. Through the roof. <laughs> so it's like, saw the meme yesterday where it's like, uh, you know. Saw uh, the meme yesterday. No, Jim, Jim, Jim Carrey uh, in, um, what's it called, Dumb and Dumber, where he's, he's riding away from poisoning... Uh, what's his face with the the? Um, oh, this is this is where I love the podcast. Yeah. Where, oh, really? where we're near the end of episode number two. Yeah, I think it's Jeff Goldblum. Call him up. No, what was this that you were reading in the New York Times? <laughs> no, no. So um, Pakistani food's kicking in. One of the one of the other challenges um, is, and maybe this this won't last much longer. But people are making more on unemployment than they are on working. So uh, I've been reading a lot about how difficult it is to find help here at the farm. Uh, oh yeah, it's terrible. It's a terrible situation. I mean, it and it, it isn't just the unemployment thing. It's also that. Um, so we're, we're in a situation where manufacturing is opening back up and we have all these big distribution places and they can't get people either. And they're offering these incredible packages that the restaurant industry just can't even begin to touch. It's like here we have 
on the farm we have two kitchens um, and plus a takeout window and we're only able to have one kitchen open um, and we could be running all three but if we had staff right um, well yeah. we we don't have any staff that seems like you probably have never had that problem before uh, not to this extent I mean you know we've we've had issue with you know trying to you know, uh, to open up. I mean, because here we're, we're such a seasonal place. We go from, you know, literally uh, up, you know, upstairs, they go from being closed to being open to going from like 12 employees to, you know, 180, you know, in a very short period of time. So how do you staff up like that? Right. And how many employees do you guys have at Rare Form? Oh, we have 10. 10. So we're on a much different scale. Right. Yeah. And you probably, I mean, not much turnover there people no. you didn't have to get rid of a whole lot of uh, i'm no, sure you we, maybe we, lay uh, somebody off for a little bit no we uh we were able to keep everybody for the most part um but you know now we're we're starting to see like uh because we we have uh, some full-time staff and then we have staff that are like teachers and stuff like that and uh um we're we're starting to see like now we have to increase our staff and which is fantastic but it's hard now to actually find staff that's smart to have teachers because you really don't necessarily have to id any of the clientele it's just like no you're in my class get out of here totally yeah. <laughs> that's nice yeah nice try nerd two birds <laughs> one stone yeah. kind of thing f for you <laughs> yeah. um or, um or an a plus if you buy totally beer. that's right <laughs> how many different beers do you guys typically have uh going at any time at rare form kevin uh, 14 on tap. Um, uh, we, two nitros, the rest, you know, we're, we're, but we're always playing around with new stuff. So we always try to definitely have 14 on tap all times. You've got some standbys that don't ever go away. Correct. Yeah. The, I, we've got, uh, on the table here, a few in front yep. of us, that Moxie, the double IPA that's been around for yeah. quite some time. Yep. That's yep. a mainstay. Yeah. That's a mainstay. That Troy Division, uh, Practically Magic. Thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, yes, those are mainstays, and then we rotate through a lot of different stuff and just play around with different things. And do you? And I, I I stopped in when you guys first opened up, and it's the only growler that I have kept in my collection. You know, yeah. you, you kind of rotate them around, yeah. give them to friends and stuff. Totally. Do you still have those incredible stainless steel? No, I wish we did. Well, I, I, still, I still got one of those too. Yeah, that's so great. Yes. I don't. I don't have one for myself, but now I'm gonna steal his. No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> as, as a matter of fact, it's probably with my parents. Even easier to steal, huh? So the rare can is our ongoing canning series that we're doing, which is different runs that we're just running. Um, uh, uh, and then uh, we're canning them up every week, something different. And we're canning off a little system that I built. And uh, that's it. So uh, one, one, and, one and done type of deals. Yeah. Which, selling them at the farmer's market, selling them at the tap room. Oh, you guys are at the Choice Farmer's Market. Yeah, the this farmer's is the first market. year that we're doing it. We've nice. been, done, or been doing it. So. How do you like it? We love it, actually. It's yeah. been really not, really good to us. So, We've been approached by several farmer's markets, and we've always been 
whether they're we can. They're a little creepy sometimes. They are. They are. Well, well how do you mean that? We love the farmers market. Do you say you want to come to the farmers market? I don't have any issues with the farmers market, unlike Scott. But I know. I feel like what happened to him at the farmers market? For us, it's more like if you have to ask, you can't afford it, buddy. But now, now I know who we're sending to the farmers market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've done. We, we did a couple spots of different farmers markets, and uh, now that we got into the Troy Summer one, it's it's been fantastic. But that's yeah. kind of like the 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 big one, right? Right. So yeah. Right. Well, once you get in there, you're good. What's better than going to a farmers market? You buy some ramps, you buy some greenery, you buy some cheese, and then you get some beer to go home with. Right. Well that's said. That's What's the Brooklyn accent all about? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's go back to the 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 small batch releases that that you're doing. Yeah, these these rare cans are great. Um, is there? I mean, besides the fact that it's just super fun to always have new things, is there more behind it than that? Uh, is it easier as a brewery to do small batches? Is it more successful because? everybody's always wanting to try different things, a plethora of reasons or what? Yeah, I mean, there's plethora plethora of reasons. I mean, like, for us, it's like we want to always kind of, like, experiment and play around with stuff, you know? So um, we're, it gives us an opportunity to be like, uh, we can do, uh, you know, uh, for us, a lot of our stuff is based on yeast strains. So I'll base our, our, our production on yeast strains. So I'll be like, all right, we have this wonderful, fantastic yeast. So let me play around with it for a couple uh generations of it and do some beers on this yeast and then we'll move you know move away and we'll do it work with these other ones that we're doing in tap room too and then that is a way for us to edge keep can continue educate what we're doing and learning from it so that then we can adapt to i mean i i i'm a, a firm believer of having like when you once you have a great fantastic beer that beer never stays. That that beer should always adapt slowly over time to make. Like, you know what can make that beer better. Other people don't, but you you can taste it and you can see it and show slowly shift that beer to a better beer, where to them, they're gonna drink it slowly over time and they're gonna be like, this is great. This is the same beer. The same beer. But over that period of time, you're making this a better beer a better beer, continually a better beer. And you only know that if you're adjusting things and doing stuff yourself and testing stuff and getting actual scientific data to show it to you, you know, so you can look at it. And uh, that's that, That's part of what our, our our little small batches are for. And that's why I keep the three barrel system, even though it takes up a lot of room in my small space right now, but. That sounds like it, you're it, selling Dieter on that one. Yeah. <laughs> always complaining. I'm not complaining. Always wanting more. I, I know. He's always Unbelievable. Pushing, pushing Sorry. Easy girls. So, so <laughs> anyone that, that is listening to the radio waves, I have a 20-barrel brew house and a canning line and a three-barrel system shoved in a 33 by 25-foot foot. Wait, uh, did you hear that tiny violin? I know. It was a micro. There's someone listening to this right now. I'll take that 20-barrel system in their home depot, five-gallon bucket. We'll go up there earlier and everyone's going to be like, Kevin's going, I can put that in a smaller space if you get it. You ain't taking my ecto-containment system. Are you still using boss yeast on stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a is lot. Is there anything here that you use in that? Uh, Saturday Sun's got the Voss yeast. Cool. Saturday Sun, which one's like, that? That's like the, uh, what is it? Like, like Kavit yeast. yeast. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's like, fermented. Like it's yeast. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeast. It's Norwegian for yeah. yeast. 
That's fermented at uh, we fermented at 109 degrees. Hell's yeah. Yeah. How long? How long did that take to get done? Uh, we do. Uh, days. Yeah, three days. It's done now. Yep. Uh, 109. Uh, we we, we uh, knock it out, pitch it at 100 and, and about 106, bring it up to 109, and do a uh, 10 hours later. We're doing our first dry hop. So um, you can turn over a beer in one week. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's unheard of in the brewing industry as of the, the it, last couple. No, of I mean, a lot of people years. are doing it now. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Did, just doing that now, it's just like yeah. that's a new yeah. thing, and that's, yeah. it's that's a new, amazing. It's, it's a new thing in in the U.S. Really, yeah, yeah. It's been going on in Norway for right, who, over, know, who knows how long. Like, yeah, well, yeah. In a week, but, it's like the Norwegians want everything right away. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> now, about, except except for Stroman. The, the Norwegians are about instant gratification, yeah. you know. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that one, the Saturday Sun. Saturday Sun from Rare Form right here. Yeah, so that's fermented in Double dry three hop, days. double IPA. Let's try it. Juicy, soft, hazy. Estery? Heavy mango, pineapple, and passion fruit flavors. <laughs> it's got those Uncle Fester's esters in there. It's fermented faster than you can get two vaccines. Now, um... Do people still use the, the, what's that app that you uh, you know you log in? I've had this oh, beer at this untapped. Are yes, people still do. using oh, that? Rape or? beer? Are you talking about rape? <laughs> rape, <laughs> rape. <You're an> advocate? <laughs> oh, sorry. Whatever. Sorry, I'm showing my age now. <laughs> whatever those uh, because it seems like uh, was the other one that, that was everyone that? was all oh, excited you know, about that. Oh, there wasn't. There was another one. Uh, oh, we all paid into it too. I didn't. I never did. But it's basically just but word of mouth now, now right? Like, you hang out with your oh, buddies that menus. enjoy great beer. beer and you tell them, I ha- here, I got this. You try this. It's, it, word of mouth is, is the way it works best. Yeah. yeah. Great feedback on there. On beer menus? That's... that's on, oh, I on can't tap. stand on top. Do you have, do you have my... Uh, I have a long, long my, passion. My, my space address? <laughs> You have, it's, well, which one? You have a couple. <laughs> well, yeah. You have one of four. Well, perhaps in episode eleven, we'll uh, we'll dive into our MySpace accounts and and get that information out to everybody. <laughs> but in, in my, the meantime, my name was, uh, guy in girls' pants. It, Don't ask me. I we'll, won't. We'll get into that. All episode right. 11. All right. There's a lot of stories we got to get out of you. <laughs> uh, you're gonna find Indian Ladder Farm Cidery and Brewery all over social media. Same deal with Rare Form Brewing <laughs> oh, Company. Ninety. <laughs> Congress Street in downtown Troy. You're doing uh, you're doing God's work over there, Kevin. Cheers. Absolutely fantastic Cheers. products. Uh, if you have not been to Rare Form, make it a stop on your next trip. You're gonna you're gonna love the space. You're gonna love the people, the knowledge, and of course the beverages and uh, live music making its return in that gorgeous space out back. So RareFormBrewingCompany.com, ILFCB.com. On behalf of Kevin, Dieter, Scott, Alex, and our executive. Executive producer Milos. Uh, that's it for this episode of Agricultural Acts. See ya. You've been listening to Indian Ladder Farms Cidery and Brewery owner operator Dieter Gary, its head brewer Scott Veltman, and its head cider maker Alex Gill. The producers and engineers are Troy Pohl and Ian Carlton. Any questions, comments, thoughts, or suggestions can be directed to podcastilf at gmail.com. That's podcastilf at gmail.com. I'm Jeff Morad. 
Thanks for listening. See ya!